The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. somebody else it's uh he just takes a bunch of other people he's actually brilliant he's like oprah he's an aggregator of musicians he doesn't do anything he just yells his name and sometimes says the chorus he he doesn't actually make music he was just at 10x i can't remember his name he performed and i had to text my wife and ask who he was and then that song came on all i want to do is win 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 i was like Oops. Yeah, can't, still can't remember his name. He wasn't made to stick. He wasn't made to stick, which actually leads perfectly into the conversation today, which is I want to I want to have a discussion with you about marketing stickiness. How sticky is your marketing messaging? How sticky is your brand? Um, I've been telling you, how long have I been telling you about this little clip that I want to show you with Bob Odenkirk? Been at the least, answer is three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. So I don't know if I've ever revealed this secret on the show, but I like watching Hot Ones. If you're not familiar with Hot Ones, it's by First We Feast. They make a bunch of hot sauces, like chicken wing hot sauces, or I guess you could use them on a whole bunch of other things. But they created a little YouTube show a few years ago where they interview celebrities, musicians, all those sorts of things, actors, playwrights, and authors and everything. But the interview happens while they eat a chain of chicken wings that get progressively hotter and hotter and hotter until they reach the last chicken wing, which I think has a two million plus Scoville. But I wanted to get you on here, Wit, because on a recent episode, Sean, the the guy who does the interviews, interviews Bob Odenkirk, who probably a lot of people know as Better Call Saul. He was a writer on SNL. He's acted in a bunch of things. He's very, very smart comedically, which is a pleasant surprise finding out that he's also a good dramatic actor, um, but he's on it. And so I want to, I want to pull it up. We're going to pull it up here. I'm not going to give it away, but this leads into the convo about marketing stickiness. And I thought of you and I thought we need to talk about this. I'm going to well, hit Why play. don't we have chicken wings right now? Actually, I wish we had chicken question. wings. I know. I wish we should have both ordered like Buffalo wild wings and just been sitting here gnawing down on delectable dorsal meat. <laughs> whilst watching. It. Okay. So, here it is. Here's the, the kind of our our view of this reaction to this. I thought this was interesting. Did you have a favorite Chicagoland regional TV commercial? You know, it doesn't matter oh, how yeah, many the, decades um, removed. What's his face? We'd made fun of it on Mr. Show. Schmerler. <laughs> Schmerler Ford. Come on. You don't remember this? Maybe it's just past yeah. mine. Because like, I In have the good old summertime. <laughs> Hi, Harry Schmerler here. You're a singing Ford dealer. That's it. That is the whole that I wanted to talk to you about. My my brain doesn't even go to the fact that he remembers the jingle. My brain goes to the fact that I really hope the singing Ford dealer has been tagged in the comments on this and then produced some type of reaction because they just think about how many people watch this show. We actually need to look up. Now I'm curious that you bring that up. I need to look up whether or not Schmirler Ford in the Chicago area exists anymore. Here's what I thought was interesting about this. 
Um, I've watched probably a good hundred of these these interviews over the over the days, over the years. And I think I kind of perked up at the fact that this is the first one where we have a guy who's recounting. I don't know why. I don't even know why Sean Evans felt the need to ask him if he had a favorite commercial from growing up in the Chicago area. Lo and behold, Bob Odenkirk does. And fun fact, it's for a Ford dealership and he remembers the whole thing. Um, I wanted to get your take on this. Why, why, in your opinion, all these probably 30 plus years later, does someone like Bob Odenkirk remember a car dealer's jingle and commercial from back in the day? Reverse Stockholm Syndrome? Exposure? Exposure. He was exposed to it so many times that it's burned into his head. And there was something about it that had just a just enough uniqueness or weirdness, which most people won't play into, fun factor, if you will, that he remembered it. I have a similar experience. There was a dealer in my hometown and they had a jingle and it was Canada's huggable car dealer. And it's <laughs> it's burned into my brain. It was burned there when I was not old enough to drive a car, let alone buy a car, right. but it's still there. Did I ever buy a car from them? No. Did Bob ever buy a car from the singing Ford dealer? Who knows? Schmerler. Yeah. Do you think back to what you just said, though, you, you said that, okay, Stockholm syndrome exposure. Are we saying that it doesn't even necessarily have to be a good ad for it to stick? I would 100% agree that it doesn't need to be a good ad to stick. So beyond frequency, like how often it is, you know, pushed out there, what else what other elements should dealers be considering in an effort to make themselves more sticky in the market? I would say make it simple. The keep it simple, stupid kiss philosophy. If it's a big, long thing that you can't explain in that 10 second elevator pitch, if you will, nobody else is going to remember it if you can't put it into 10 seconds. So it's about take the thing that's important, whether it's do they need to know in the instance of this guy that you exist and who you are or whatever they need to know about you. Why are you special if they might know you already exist? That USP value statement and condensing it, making it simple every single time they're exposed to it. It reminds me of some other examples. So you gave an example of an ad for a car dealer in particular, but I'm also thinking about if I were to say in in the context of advertising, if I were if I were to say tiny lizard, it would probably be pretty quick for a lot of people to go, oh, Geico. Yeah. Or if I showed a stencil on a yellow background of the Statue of Liberty, people in America would go, oh, Liberty Mutual, Liberty, 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 right? Like little jingles. But I think more important where I want to maybe peel back the onion layers for those listening or watching is what you're talking about isn't necessarily the jingle, although that's an element of it, but I think that's the piece, whether it's the jingle or the graphic or the logo, I think those are the pieces that people get fixated on, not realizing that there are more layers to why something becomes sticky. I also wonder too, I've done a lot of research around the concept of nostalgia as it relates to marketing. And I wonder how much maybe me, you, Bob are getting tripped up on the fact that it's nostalgic rather than it may have been adequate marketing. It's all burned into us. But if can I think of something that has that similar effect that I've been exposed to in the last five, even 10 years? Mm. Not as quickly. Would mm-hmm. you say the same? Yeah. And I'm getting old, so I can't remember. Unrelated. With my first gray hair. (laughs) Actually, funny you say that too. 
Um, you and I and the rest of the flex team were currently, we were recently rather in Philly and we hired a photographer and we were exchanging some messages the other night. And I said, she was trying to get a vibe, as you know, on color grading and tone. And I'm, and I thought, well, that's a little too cold. That that's closer to where we want. It's a little too dark and cold. We need to add a, just a tinge of warmth back. And so she came back with two or three examples. And I said, yes, that that's closer to what I'm looking for. It still has that vibey, like, you know, desaturated, but just with a tinge of warmth to make us feel like we're living the best days of summer. That's how I we've actually left the house and seen the sunshine. Yes. And what you just said about nostalgia, I find really interesting because she wrote back and just in articulating the the feeling that way, she she wrote back and she goes, man, you guys are so awesome. And that was so poetic and moving. And in that moment, I realized that probably took her back to a feeling based on what you're saying. That probably took her back to a feeling that best describes good moments in her life in the same way that an ad or an ad jingle or a message or a song or whatever can do the same. Even a smell, but we never get the opportunity to play with smells. <laughs> you mean I, don't, like, I don't think I want to, you know, the Subway sandwich door <laughs> before, while you're in the airlock before you even make it to Subway. And it's just, oh, not that it's what you want. Smell can be a brand, which is interesting. I mean, aside from perfume, when I smell cow manure, I immediately think of Chilliwack, British Columbia. I'm alarmed that you immediately go from perfume to cow manure, but technically all the same thing. It's just our brain likes one another. We've all been walking somewhere and somebody (laughs) has the same cologne or perfume as somebody we know that we spent time with. And there's that. It also brings into the spotlight another concept that I don't feel really gets talked a lot about in automotive, partially because it it, maybe it's complex. It makes perfect sense to me, but that's the marketing level sophistication, right? The five levels of how sophisticated a market comes in its understanding of a brand and its products or services, which leads me to basically this this nostalgia that you're talking about. The, the highest level of brand level or marketing level sophistication is all emotional. It's the attachment that we form emotionally to whatever it is and nostalgia i see playing a part of that um how in your experience and what you're doing day to day with dealer partners and whatnot is the best way to move uh, a business from where they are which is like must have the legalese and it's got to say this and it's got to have that and the price needs to be this and the picture needs to be this where they get all fixated on all those elements. How do we move them from that type of focus to making a deeper connection with the marketplace? I wish the answer was more of an it depends than it being so cut and dry. Mm-hmm. But the answer nine times out of 10 there is going to rest in data. There's a clear cut difference between a standardized co-op ad where everything looks the same, has all the same junk and numbers on it as everybody else, and something that's branded and unique and personal and explains who you are, has a real person, isn't the same thing that they're used to seeing. I get, I'm sure the whole planet knows I'm I'm obsessed with my Chevy Colorado and it's all good. (laughs) I flick through the after the first time, which I watched because I'm me and I'm in marketing for car dealers, not because I wanted to see it. 
Every time I'm scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or something like that, there's GM Chev ads and they're the same darn thing they've been putting in Stanley Cup season since I was <laughs> born. It's the, There's three of them driving in the dirt on the mountain and it's the same thing. I don't care. If it's something cool, then it's going to it's gonna have a different reaction from everybody. And whenever we compare, whether it's, it doesn't matter if it's new or used, when we're comparing those different ad sets, even though they might have different end goals, they always have better conversions. They always have better click-through rates. It's, and it's clear to see why. How do you feel about when brands affiliate with celebrities? And what I mean by that is I'm thinking of an auto group in Alberta and they've got billboards all over the city of Edmonton with Connor McDavid, right? Lots of placement, celebrity placement. Does that risk, in your opinion, isolating people that are not into hockey or have no clue who Connor McDavid is? I don't think it would isolate them more than something generic would, but would have the potential to bring in those people that would be fans or are hockey fans. Why, why is that? Ex- explain that a little bit for some people who may not understand why an influencer or an athlete or something might help make a connection to, to their business. So, I mean, I have all of these things. I have the truck. I have the life of playing hockey. And there's really passionate camps in truck owners. And there's really passionate camps in hockey teams. So you could even argue it the other way where, oh, but half of, you know, half the world might hate McDavid and they go, oh, I don't want to buy that. But would that stop me from buying a Chevy again? No. Could it potentially seduce somebody that is a big fan that sees this as an example? Potentially. It's creating that connection. Are these two things related? Whereas if, you know, we all, we see it with, with golf and brands like BMW, where there is a clear connection there. It's why you see Rolex ads at the masters, but you don't see Rolex ads on, you know, on the boards at a hockey game. There's relatable audiences between the two. What I think interesting to that point is it also shows that you can, through various channels, tell multiple different stories at the same time to different people. People that are into golf or into hockey are getting the story told to them. Maybe it's the same story, but it's getting told to them in a way that they relate to. And I remember back in the day studying media and watching countless interviews with actors and actresses about the characters that they were portraying. And it was interesting. I always found it fascinating about how they would speak about their character as if it was a real person, somebody that they made this real connection to. And you just said the word connection. And I think that's so interesting because I used to think it was so dumb. And now I realize, and maybe this is me getting old, or maybe this is just perfect storytelling and marketing and emotional connection, but I can get so deep into a show that I feel personally invested in the character as if they're a real person. It's weird how you know they're they're fictitious, but that you feel a real connection to them, which is is the same thing I think dealerships and businesses need to be focused on in how they're making those connections with their marketplace because it's not just about price, it's not just about picture, it's not just about what product you actually have, it's about how well to your point, what I'm picking up, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's about how well you can create an emotional connection with your audience. 
Absolutely. And I even think about like this, I would, if I had the right Ford dealer, I'd buy my next Chevy from my next Ford dealer. Mm. You're not just pigeonholed by brand. I can still buy a used 2023 Chevy right now. And you don't even care if you're buying it from the dealership who owns the franchise for that brand. I would care more about how I would be treated. Interesting. People don't display that enough or, or when they do, they make it incredibly boring. Right. And I mean, mean, that's geez, 50% of what we do is trying to unboring a lot of these things that aren't boring or create something that is a bigger message than you'll get a lifetime of free oil changes. Right. Yes. There's value there, but is it exciting? If you were, I mean, if, if you were, had a blank slate and you just walked into any, any dealership and said, Hey, here's a quick activity that you can do to get clear on creating a more emotional connection with your market through your marketing efforts. Like what are some things that they should be doing or thinking about? Like if they were, if they were to just sit down and you had them document without any reservation, something they could do or something about themselves that they, they could show more to build that connection. What types of things would you be looking for? The frequency and how you can demonstrate those things. And what I mean by that is if you say, oh, we care and we have a really transparent process. Mm -hmm. Yes, that should be front and center. It should be everywhere. But it becomes about that storytelling that you mentioned and weaving it into the different different pieces. So example would be in a vehicle description, demonstrate that, you know, not just it's clean, say, we fully detailed this from end to end. So it's used, but it feels like brand new because we want you to feel like it's brand new to you in every single piece that you're touching. Demonstrate it in the photos, you know, have have the over-exaggerated person hopping in the back seat and going like, look how clean this is in the video or whatever it might be to touch it every single spot that you possibly can. I love that. It reminds me of one more thing, and I didn't plan this. So while I'm talking, I'm going to try and find it. Uh, But while I'm finding it, I want to ask you this question as a tee up. Do you think that businesses at large and not even pigeonholing to, to dealerships, but do you think that the desire to show as perfect gets in the way from ever being able to do that kind of stuff effectively? Yes and no. Okay. Yes, when it's an excuse not to do it at all. No, when it's a failed attempt. So we see even just at a micro level, dealers merchandising vehicles, but instead of a photo that looks good, it's sideways and my it looks like my grandfather took it. Right. Who's never seen a camera before. So the failure in the attempt is better than no attempt at all. Okay. So I want to share this with you. As as we all know, Ryan Reynolds brilliant marketer. You at times, I think, have made comments to why is he so appealing to so many dudes? And I think it's because he just represents what we wish we could have for a physique and all of the dad jokiness that we all admire. You've, I think you've if, cracked the code of why, I, I why so. all men love Ryan around. I think so. Um, so recently, I thought this was actually really interesting. This caught my eye. As you know, at, at Flex, we recently changed our payment processing company from a Canadian company called Nuvi to Stripe. And there were we had all those reasons for it. And I don't regret the decision at all. And it's been absolutely delightful. But what I found out is that Ryan Reynolds, when T-Mobile came in and bought his Mint Mobile company, which was making huge waves 
here in the United States, he essentially took all of that money and invested it in Nuvi. And so they, here's the commercial and this ties, this ties into the desire to come across as perfect. And what do we lose in that pursuit of just always being like super perfect? Um, And this is the commercial. This is Phil, CEO of Nuve, the Canadian tech company. Now, how's a Canadian tech company different from an American tech company? Phil, how many rockets are you currently building? Well, actually, my kids and I, Ryan, we made toys. No, no, actual rockets, Phil. You know, the huge metal c**ks that fly to space. Oh, uh, actual rockets, none. Hmm. Tell me something, Phil. What's your vision for Nuve? We want to make sure we're the most innovative. So bored right now. Are you on social media? Oh, boy. Um, I think I have one. I haven't logged in a while. Let me find it. Amazing. It's time for a global tech company from Canada. Uh, we're, we're more of a payments company, right? I found it. People can follow me. At- no one's going to follow you, Phil. Taking something as boring as payments and putting a little storytelling, convincing the CEO that he can be a goofball and why that would actually be a good business case. And then wrapping that into a script. Um, what, in, what intrigues me about that is that it's perfectly executed, but highlights imperfection. Like, you know, Ryan Reynolds playing on the fact that, Oh, this is so boring. Nobody wants to hear anything about this, this is the most boring thing ever in the same way that I think to your point about detailing cars, there are TikToks and Instagrams that go viral of guys that do nothing but, detail cars. And, and I immediately thought, oh man, that would be so easy for a dealership to throw a body cam on their detailers. But then, you know, my immediate reaction was they would never go for it because it would show how imperfect the vehicle is that they just brought in. Yeah. Yeah. Or it shows how good their reconditioning process is. It's a bad, bad, brilliant idea. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I asked the question that way about trying to be too perfect. Like, oh, no, we can only show this vehicle once it's ready to be merchandised versus what you just said, which I think our marketing brain goes to is, no, this is incredible storytelling. It's something that people want to watch. There's surprisingly large amounts of people that find it so satisfying to see something go from disgusting to polished. And like you said, details our how just how solid our process is for reconditioning and making these things market ready. It also doesn't, I mean, just to take it a step further, it doesn't even have to show what vehicle or what piece of inventory it actually is if it's all interior, just as a kind of a side. But I experienced this firsthand in a really micro moment where the last car I had, I sold it privately. And I did convince one of our dealer groups to do this as well. But I took all the photos that you would expect a dealership to have of my car in my driveway. I put a hat on said car. And then I wrote the most story-driven description that I've seen. And I'm sure I could make a killing doing just this, where it said, you know, this bad boy, I fit all these things in the trunk. Before I had it, some local old gent had it and it only had 3,000 kilometers on it all these years and kind of these over-dramatized pieces where that sounds way more fun than one owner, local driver. When you say, oh, this this thing had wonderful elderly owners that treated it with floral scented whatever and documents these things, but doesn't make it boring. We don't need to be afraid of perfection. I think we should be more afraid of being boring. Yeah. Which TikTok actually made me realize how boring my life actually is. 
what do you mean? You don't, you don't vacuum in the same line every day before you organize your teapots. And no, for me, it's more like I wake up and I take seven hours making my bed and ironing my sheets and spritzing my pillow. I'm making fun of some dude on TikTok that I've seen who that's what he does. It's the most insane thing ever. You just um, spritz the pillow while it's all a disaster, yeah, right? Yeah. With, uh, with disinfectant. <laughs> anyways this was so much fun i love doing episodes like this where they're a little bit more off the cuff and casual and we get to just poke and prod at something before i turn it back to you to to tell us where to get in touch with you if you had to recap this and give us a couple of bullet points two three four bullet points on what listener watcher should be considering in order to make their marketing more sticky what would they be don't be boring keep it simple be different be different. But how do I be different? Well, stop asking that question. That's that's a good place to start. <laughs> just 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 go outside, look around, and do the opposite of that. Yeah, I love it. Wait, thanks so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook. How can those listening get in touch with you? At Whitnorad, everywhere you can, and flexdealer.com. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.